my, I have came up with this phrase that I'm a queenager, not a walking hot flush. And I love this idea that we can kind of retell the kind of stories around kind of older women by changing the branding. You know, you're, you're a marketeer, you understand about that. So I want to be seen as a queenager. I'm coming into my prime. Maybe I'm a little bit hormonal, but yeah. I've got all the, I've got a lot of financial clout. I'm making the decisions about my life. I'm in the driving seat and I've never felt more excited about the possibilities. Feisty, feminist, fierce. There are many toxic words, beginning with F, that have loaded meanings for women, but perhaps none more so than 50. In advertising, women over 50 are the least represented demographic of all, which means black, Asian and Latina women over 50 are utterly invisible. If you've ever tried searching Google on midlife women, you'll have found it's a depressing corner of the internet where we all look miserable, anguished and sweaty. For ages, no one talked about menopause. It's a perfect toxic storm of ageism, sexism and fertility. But all is not lost. In fact, the opposite is true because in 2015, the woman over 50 became part of the largest, fastest growing and most influential demographic in economic history. Connected and in control, we are redefining what it will mean to live long and prosper. And women aged 40 to 60 are responsible for 80% of the UK's wealth and spend an average of 92 billion pounds every single year. I am so thrilled that award-winning journalist, ex-editor of the Sunday Times, founder of the platform new, Eleanor Mills, is here today to talk to us about how she's helping women change the conversation and forge what I love, a new narrative and a new path to the future and beyond. Welcome, Eleanor. Hey, thank you for having me. It's so great to have you here. So let's start with your story, which I think is a really powerful one. You went from a traditional corporate job to now becoming this um, amazing entrepreneur, empowering women everywhere. And this line that you wrote that completely gives me goosebumps, no one tell, tells older women they deserve joy. I mean, let's start with that and start with how, how you've made that transition. Well, I think that that's true. I think that there is a massive problem in our culture that nobody talks about the lives of older women in a positive and optimistic way. Um, yeah. And I became really aware of that. I was a big editor in mainstream media, ran the Sunday Times magazine, you know, all those kind of things. And I could see that there was a dearth of stories about, positive stories about older women. So when I left the Sunday Times, I've set up a new platform for women in midlife called Noon, which is all about the opportunities and being really optimistic about all the incredible women that I see around me in their 50s, becoming founders, go back, going back and founding, refinding the dreams they had when they were younger. And really really moving into a new chapter and their lives expanding and them really moving into their prime, into their power. And yet I don't think we ever see that reflected no. in the broader media. We certainly never see it in marketing and advertising. No. So I'm on a one woman mission to change the stories that we tell about the later stages of women's lives. I want my teenage girls to look forward to being 50 as when they come into their prime. And I hate the narrative which we usually get, which is that men are like age like fine wine. You yeah. Know, they get better and better and women are seen like peaches one wrinkle and you're in the bin so I reckon rubbish to that and I think that older women deserve joy fun all the good stuff and that's what noon is all about 
I, you know, I, I'm I'm 50, <laughs> as you know. I'm, you know, we've talked about being on HRT, and and, and you and I have had many uh, really great conversations around midlife women and beyond. And what I what I love is how empowering and positive the tonality of everything that you're doing is. Because I know it's not intentional, but it, it does feel a little bit like even now we're talking about menopause, which is great. It's still a bit. Oh, it's also hard. And, and woe is me. But yeah. it, it doesn't need to be like that, does it? No. And I'm, again, that's one of the things I'm trying to switch the dial on. Yeah. I mean, no one is denying that there are huge health inequalities when it comes to women. And when it comes to older women, because our voices in all cultures, as you said in your intro, are not heard. Yeah. There is a huge health inequality around menopause. People don't get the information they need. They don't get the treatment that they need. That is a scandal. However, and it's a big but... I, I I have came up with this phrase that I'm a queenager, not a walking hot flush. And I love this idea that we can kind of retell the kind of stories around kind of older women by changing the branding. You know, you're, you're a marketeer, you understand about that. So I want to be seen as a queenager. I'm coming into my prime. Maybe I'm a little bit hormonal, but yeah. I've got all the, I've got a lot of financial clout. I'm making the decisions about my life. I'm in the driving seat and I've never felt more excited about the possibilities. And so I really think that we can switch something in women's brains and inside how they feel about themselves and say, just because you've grown up in a patriarchal lens, which says that you're done when you're no longer kind of fertile and fecund and pleasing to the yeah. kind of broader male patriarchal eye, that doesn't mean that that's true. And actually we have value to ourselves, we can do amazing things. And there's all sorts of stuff around legacy and purpose. And I see women around me just exploding with energy. If they've had kids, maybe their kids are beginning to leave home. They're confident. They've got some financial clout. And they want to make something of their lives. So that's what Noon is all about. Mm, I love the queen <laughs> And we have the queen. We have, we the, have queen. the queen here today. Ultimate queen I, Yeah, I love the queen. <laughs> and I think what, one of the things that I also... Um, really enjoy about what you're doing is this isn't just about feelings it's about facts yes and you've done some amazing research recently haven't you are, are you able to give us a bit of a sneaky peek as Ooh. to what what that reveals oh yeah absolutely i was at adweek the other day talking about it too so ours is called the secrets of midlife women the rise of the queen ager and it's all about what they want so the main thing about the women at 50 by the time you get to 50 you are what we call forged in fire Ooh. Over half of the women have been through five big life events. So I think that that means what, what's really interesting is that even if they've been through some quite bad stuff, people dying, you know, kids being ill, elderly parents. By the time you've hit 50 and you've been through that stuff, it's actually the women who have been through the most who now love their lives the most. Because wow. they've set their lives up the way they want yeah. them. And they ha they're absolutely brimming with hard-won wisdom and kind of knowledge and that confidence that comes from knowing that you've survived. So they hate being patronised and they also hate the fact that they feel invisible to wider, wider society. Less than 2% of advertising shows women um, over yeah. 50, which is crazy given how much money and spending they control. 95% of all household purchases controlled by women um, over 50. And it's also there in the demographics. This is a pioneering generation. As you said, we're a different kind of midlife woman. In the 2019 census, women over 40 started earning more money than women under 40 for the first time ever. Wow. Which shows that that kind of a child, child penalty, the kind of mother yeah. penalty is not kicking in for this generation in the same way. And of course, nearly 30% of ABC One professional women, and once who went to university, don't have children. 
Yeah. So the Emmy. Yes, that's you. And and half of those women who don't have children have chosen yeah. to be child free. So in our research, we we did a big piece of research um, with Accenture actually, which looks at these women in more detail. And we it's a proper like you know quantitative and qualitative piece of research, and that really shows that they have agency and they see themselves that they hate the fact that they're not invisible and that, that they are invisible and they hate they say that if brands represented them 70 percent of them say if they were represented by brands they'd be far more likely to buy from those brands so there's a huge opp commercial opp opportunity out there yeah because these women are never spoken to and when they are spoken to it's always in a kind of cliched way they're walking down the beach with their husband well 40 yeah. percent of the ones we surveyed aren't in a partnership nearly 30 percent don't have kids so there's a real pr kind of problem with mm. the stories that we're telling about these women because most of the ones in the mainstream are just not true so that's what we're really trying to change well now I know why I love my life because <laughs> I've certainly been through five different types of hardships not in the least having to live through the stigma of never having been married and not not having children society's pretty tough on us um so let's turn to what organizations need to do around opportunities for midlife women because it's two things, isn't it? It's how do you make um, a culture and a company where women choose to stay? So it's yeah. a choice for women to stay. Um, and also how <clears throat> how do organisations give women the opportunities? It's not just the jobs that have to be there, but it, women are also choosing to leave, aren't they? Yes. I think what happens is they get to a point where they want agency women they want to be able to be in control of their own lives and to do yeah. something that feels meaningful and that really comes across in our queenager research in fact i'm running quite a few programs now with some big corporates about reigniting the ambition or the companies kind of realizing that these women at when they hit 45 50 suddenly get a kind of surge of ambition yeah. all that mummy track stuff if you've done that stops because the kids kind of leave. And actually, you're suddenly fired up. You've got a lot more time. You've got a lot of energy. And it's like, right, this is when I can really motor on, on yeah. my career. But for too long, companies haven't seen that. And so a lot of these women feel like they're kind of mouldering. Nobody really values them. They're not appreciated. And what our research shows is that if you make these women feel really valued for the impact that they're having, you give them something really meaningful to do, and you really show how, and you, and you give them agency over their lives, then they really will stay with corporations. Yeah. But the way that corporations tend to incentivize senior women is through kudos, the, you know, the, call, the corner office. You know, we all like a big paycheck, but it's not for the women. It's not just about the pay. No. It's about feeling that you're actually having an impact, and that there's good. purpose, legacy, yeah. that you're making the world a better place and so I think companies need to tap much more into those things rather than just giving women what they've always given men which is the kind of the status to kudos yeah. here you are you're Mrs VP that just doesn't do it for women if they don't feel like they're really having an impact that's not enough so we're working with quite a lot of companies now to re-engineer what they're doing for their queen ages and it's really not just about menopause I mean sure. menopause, you know we need we need all that menopause conversation and the right HRT and the right treatment. But we it, we really have got to start thinking and talking about all the amazing things that older women are capable of and all the fantastic things that they're doing yeah. rather than just seeing them as walking hot flushes. Yeah, I, I love walking hot flushes. <laughs> I love that. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I look at the women around me who I work with at a, at a similar age and, I mean, they are phenomenal yeah. women. I mean, just I sort of pinch myself every day. You know, I'm kind of in the same sort of ecosystem as, as some of these most incredible women that I've I've looked up to all my life. 
Um, two final quick questions. So one, how do we, in order to fix a problem, we have to know it's there in the first place. So I think, you know, we know, we know that there's issues here. You are so experienced, you know, the wisdom that comes through um, <laughs> what you're sharing and, you know, on behalf of all women everywhere, thank you, because oh. when someone stands up for one woman, they stand up for all women, as we know. Obviously, you've, you've now gone through that journey. If Go back to the 30-year-old Eleanor, what would you tell yourself? Well, I really love newspapers. You know, I still see myself as a bit of a recovering hack. I love the news. I love the excitement of the news agenda. I love that sense of shaping the zeitgeist. But I also feel that that newspapers are not what they were. They don't yeah. now control. They're not the guardians of information in the way that they were. So I actually wish that I jumped out of wow. newspapers earlier. Maybe I, when I did nearly 25 years at the Sunday Times, I reckon I probably should have left you know before and what i would say to people is don't be afraid to shake it up yeah. i think when you're in somewhere and the world is telling you you're successful and all those kind of things it's quite tempting just to stay there and i wished i'd jumped out and become a founder um years ago because i love the kind of being in control of your own life um i love the wheeler dealer aspect of it and making the deals and and i just have really loved moving into a new world and all the other incredible female founders that i've met so i would urge women to be bold you know so yeah. you say courage is contagious i totally agree that fortune favors the bold and i would say to women don't you know if you're good and you're clever and you've made it in a corporate you can also make it on your own and it's really fun to paddle your own canoe Brilliant. Um, what do I say about that one? Uh, your comfort zone is a lovely place, but nothing ever grows there. So we have yes. to be brave and push yes. ourselves outside of our comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, and I think women are kind of still worried about that. It's one of, of the course. things I used to say. I mentored a lot of younger journalists. And yeah. I always used to say, if you're not in this place which feels a bit scary, then you probably should be. Yeah, I agree. Last quick question. <laughs> Obviously, an amazing uh, position at the Sunday Times if you could pick one person who was your favourite person to interview, who would that have been? Well, I interviewed Mikhail Gorbachev um, wow. you know, back when he was Mr. Perestroika. And, wow. And that he was the most charismatic person I've ever met. If he'd said, follow me to Russia now, I would have done it, even talking really? to him through, a, through an interpreter. We were in this tiny little room at the Connaught or somewhere like that, and I had to hold the... There's an incredible portrait of him by Sally Soames, a really amazing female photographer. And I'm, I'm actually holding a black coat behind his head. It's this absolutely brilliant black and white picture. But it was one of those moments where you really get in touch with somebody with just phenomenal personal power. And so I've never forgotten that. Other people I've met have had it too. Bill Clinton has that capacity just to yeah, fix charisma. Yeah. And I met the Dalai Lama. I spent an, an hour with the Dalai Lama and he just made me feel, I mean, I'm quite jolly anyway, but him, him and me together, we just giggled for an hour. Aww. He was amazing. It was just this incredible lightness of being. We are sadly out of time, <laughs> but we could, I'm sure we'll come back for more. Um, I just want to thank you so much for your time. Um, women who are 50 today can expect to have 30 to 40 productive more, uh, more years. So our lives are not over. And if we combine that with our spending power, this means, as I know you know, that we should approach the empty nest, ageing, menopause and retirement with more hope and optimism than any other generation in history. Eleanor, my huge thanks to you for giving <laughs> us a small window into your brilliance. Empowered women really do empower women. And wow what an empowering role model you are in embodying all of that and beyond. Only the strong can be vulnerable. You have just proved how to turn vulnerability into one of the most positive future female platforms, Noon, that I've come across. We rise by lifting others, so thank you for giving a voice to all of us. 
I'm proving that courage is contagious. Thank you.